When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. And Andrew, I think, is this your first emergency pod as a Buckeye Talk member? No, uh, I was very green and very new to the beat when Oregon and Washington uh, joined the Big Ten. So that was, I remember I was still living in Cincinnati. So I was on uh, was on the highway passing by Hell is Real. And I got the notification that Oregon and Washington are joining. And I went, uh-oh. And as soon as I got home, we did an emergency pod. So this is number two. Though I think people will care more about this than they will Oregon and Washington. This is even more controversial than expanding the Big Ten into the Yukon Territory. Uh, the Big <laughs> Ten has uh, disciplined Michigan for the sign-stealing, and I'm going to use their word because they used it many, many, many times in its their letter, uh, Tony Petiti's letter to Michigan. Uh, scheme. Scheme is what he called it. Um for uh, attending games, uh, what is it? In, improper in-person scouting in, in in an effort to steal signs, and obviously people know about this. It's been going on for uh, about three weeks now. The when when Big Ten teams were given notice of the NCAA's investigation, and the question all along has been, when is the Big Ten um, or someone else going to step in and act? And that announcement came today, a couple of hours ago. So. This is still very raw. We have, or I have read through the what the Big Ten has said to Michigan. I've read through what Michigan then said in response to the Big Ten. Part of what it said to the Big Ten was that it expects to file a court order to try to get Jim Harbaugh on the sideline. So I should say, the punishment is Jim Harbaugh cannot be on the sideline for the last three games of the regular season till the end of the regular season. Um, that includes Saturday's game against Penn state game, the following week at Maryland, and then a home game against Ohio state, obviously that you're all very aware of on November 25th. And to get that level of discipline, because that the, there were basically two stages of discipline under the sportsmanship policy, which is what Michigan has violated. That's what the discipline is for, violating the sportsmanship policy. 
Two levels of discipline there. The first one is up to two games suspension and a $10,000 fine. If you go beyond that, you had to get the approval of the joint group executive um, something. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. I started to call it the JPEG, but it's it's the the, uh, the letters are in a different form. But a a a a uh, a panel of made up of executives from other Big Ten institutions, and Tony Petiti got that approval on Friday before sending this out. Uh, Michigan, we believe, was either gassing up on the runway or in the air to Penn State when this broke. I think. Um, so the timing of all this has been interesting because uh, I sent a text earlier today saying, don't be surprised if the how much you want justice and how clearly justice should be distributed in this case doesn't necessarily line up with the most convenient timeline for Ohio State fans or for the, maybe in the rest of the Big Ten. But Tony Petiti made this decision today, and he said in, in his filing or his, his correspondence that it was important to have discipline that fell in this season because the scheme, again, to use his word, the scheme had already affected this season. And not only that was continuing to affect teams who still have to play Michigan and still have to play in other games where they've had to change their signs and do things like that. Before we get into what exactly I, cause I have some things highlighted here that, that sort of break this down and we'll get into that. And most importantly, we're going to get into what this means for Ohio State because now Jim Harbaugh is not going to be coaching the game. And I have mixed feelings about that. And uh, from a response that I got from Ohio State fans when I asked that question on text earlier today, um, 614-350-3315, if you want to get in on those conversations in the future. There's some ambivalence there, too, because people wanted their pound of flesh, but they also, if Ohio State wins, wanted Jim Harbaugh to be there to witness it firsthand and maybe have to shake his hand, shake hands with Ryan Day after that game. But Andrew, just your initial response to, do you think this was the appropriate scope of punishment? Do you think it was too light? Do you think it was too heavy? Just what was your initial reaction when you heard it's going to be the rest of the regular season? He gets to coach during the week. He gets to still be with the team at all activities during the week. It's only can't be on the sidelines on Saturdays. And by the way, Jim Harbaugh does not call plays. Yeah, this this was what I expected. This, I, I figured it would be two or three games for Harbaugh, and then we can deal with the NCAA investigation. And and if I can quote from the Big Ten, this was the most interesting part of this whole thing to me so far. Uh, and I'm, I'm again, I'm quoting here. Uh, we impose this disciplinary action, even though the conference has not yet received information indicating that head football coach John or head football coach John Jim Harbaugh was aware of the impermissible nature of the sign stealing scheme. This is not a sanction of Coach Harbaugh. It is a sanction against the university that under the extraordinary circumstances presented by this offensive conduct best fits the violation because one, it preserves the ability of the university's football student athletes to continue competing. And two, it recognizes that the head coach embodies the university for purposes of the football program. That was the most interesting part of everything that I've read today, because that, that indicates to me, obviously, look, there is still more to come. And I understand that there is more to uncover. What you, There's a whole bunch of stuff that you got to uncover here. So this is what I expected. This is what I thought was going to happen. Um, 
Yeah, I, you know, I heard a lot of people say you should shut down Michigan's season. You should just completely make them forfeit every game that they've played. You should make them forfeit every game that they would play. I thought that that was too hard. I, I never, I never agreed with that. Um, but you had to do something. I do agree. You had to do something this year. And I think that, you know, to put it in as plain terms as I can, I think the Big Ten and Petiti middled here a little bit. I think that I think that they tried to appease as many people as they could, and sometimes when you do that, you make more people mad. But I think that what they tried to do was they tried to do what they could in the meantime to say, "Hey, look, we punished Michigan. Now we 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 got them. We we have them punished. We did what we could. We did something." And then there's going to be more coming. I, I think that that's the important thing to note here is that there are still investigations that are going to go on. You know, and like I just read. They did this without knowing or without having firm information. And again, I understand there are a lot of people who may be screaming at their phones or whatever right now saying, of course, Harbaugh knew he's the head coach. I'm not going to disagree with you there, but you've got to, if you're going to, if you're going to nail him, you've got to be ready. Like you've got to have it, you got to have it on lock. You got to be 100% confident that he knew and they don't have that right now. And I thought that that was interesting. So the fact that he got suspended and then you do like that that I think was the most interesting part to me. So three games is about what I anticipated, but man, um this is this is something. This is something. Um it does make the uh the end of game handshake in Ann Arbor a little bit less interesting than it would have been otherwise. So it's true that the Big Ten is saying it does not have evidence that Harbaugh knew of this operation. However, there, the letter that it sent to Michigan today, which, by the way, I was I was glad that it did provide some level of transparency. I mean, it's not going to send out like every document and everything, every transcript of every interview that it has done. And by the way, it's getting a lot of information from the NCAA. There's even some stuff in here, but uh, about how it has had to try to obtain that information from the NCA, but there's like 13 pages here of this letter that it sent to that, the, that Tony Petiti sent to Ward Manuel, the Michigan athletic director today announcing or disclosing what the discipline was going to be. And within that, he, they, the big 10 Petiti, however you want to say it on multiple occasions points out that the NCAA itself is saying, we can prove this. We have proven this. This definitely happened. This this um yeah. this is ongoing. Now it's it does say uh, on one of these uh, as part of this, the NCA indicated that it was continuing its investigation to determine, among other things, who else knew about and or was involved in the scheme. Again, that's a, that's a word that they use a lot in this document. Um, but but there's they spend a decent amount of these thirteen pages kind of recounting the timeline of of how this all came out and then the evidence that the that the Big Ten says that it has or that the NCAA has. And people are familiar with that evidence by now. The Connor Stallions, the, the recruiting analyst, and buying tickets to games, having people go to those games, record the sidelines, like all of that information has been out there now for, for these, man, it seems like longer than three weeks, but it was October 19th yeah. was the day that Yahoo reported things for the first time. And that was, again, something I was bringing up to people today. Like, just remember, I know that you, as Ohio State fans, want your pound of flesh because you remember Tattoo Gate, you remember Urban Meyer and Zach Smith and all that stuff, and you think that um, you, you you want justice, 
But remember how long those things unfolded over a, a very long period of time. And this has barely been, uh, it hasn't been a month that this has been going on. But the Big Ten felt like it had seen enough. And that, frankly, that Michigan had seen enough. There's there's definitely an indication in this document that they, the Big Ten kind of questioning Michigan dragging its feet here a little bit and maybe not taking this as seriously as it needed to take it uh, from the beginning. I asked our poll. I'm, I'm checking right now how many responses we already have. Um, a couple hundred. I'm going to give it a minute more to to grow as to how many respond because I want to. I'm trying to take the temperature of Ohio State fans as to what they felt about this uh, as soon as it happened. But did you read this letter too, Andrew? And were you surprised at all about um, exactly what the what Michigan is the way the Big Ten is kind of laying out? It went through kind of point by point and attacked all of the. Um, reasoning that Michigan was giving to try to delay or mitigate the punishment that was going to come. Well, yeah. So, you know, if I, if I have this right, you know, Petiti said that, um, you know, the, the response was that, you know, Michigan did not deny it, that, you know, it was basically just, what was the, I think the phrase was like procedural and technical arguments or something like that. Yeah, so here's, here's a, notably, the university's November 8th response does not deny that the impermissible scheme occurred. Again, like every paragraph, they use the word scheme. Instead, it offers yeah. only procedural and technical arguments designed to delay accountability. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read this full paragraph. The university also argues that because it believes that others are engaged in decoding signs, there must be nothing wrong with the university's activities. In addition to impermissible activities of others being currently unsupported by facts, the university's culpability does not depend on the actions of other institutions. Basically saying, number one, just because you think it happened, you haven't given us any kind of evidence like what we have against you, we being the Big Ten. And and B, even if that's true, it doesn't <laughs> it's not like that guy broke a rule, so now you don't get punished. Like we might still punish them if they broke the rule, but let's talk about what you actually did. And I thought that was interesting that um, that the language here was there's a, was one of some frustration here between I thought the Big Ten and Michigan. And I get from Michigan's standpoint, you're going to do everything you can to um, to to mitigate and delay and 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 try to push this until after the season, I suppose. But uh, the, the, a lot of the arguments already didn't seem like they held up and the big 10 has sort of enumerated why they don't think they do. Well, yeah, the, the interesting thing about that too, was that, um, you know, in that letter, you know, it was, they were basically saying like, Michigan was contending that they hadn't read anything, right? Like that they had not, excuse me, that they had not been given a chance to look over any of the evidence, look over any of the documents, look over any of the, everything that had been sent their way. And I think that that, I think that that I think what was he also said he was concerned about that too like that to me was interesting as well that yeah Michigan just basically like planted their feet in the ground it seems like and just was like you know what if you're going to drag us through this we're going to make this as difficult as possible and I think that 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 to me just kind of struck me as interesting because you you're right there was like an element of frustration there um and look I'm, I'm not defending Michigan when I say this but like 
I get it. Like if you're caught cheating, yeah, yeah. what yeah. is like, yeah, like I get it. Like if, you know, if you, uh, like if you're a kid getting caught with your hand in the cookie jar, you're not going to say, oh, I wasn't, I was putting it back or I, you know, I, you're, you're going to delay, right? You're, you're not going to say, you know what? You got me. Sorry. And just throw your hands up. So I, I do understand that, but I do think that that was interesting that, um, it does kind of sound like Michigan's entire pot, like, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that, Michigan's undefeated and Michigan might be the best team in the country right now. And I think that that has a lot to do with this too, is that Michigan was probably looking at the hourglass ticking down saying the college football playoff is going to get selected here in about a month. And I think that that had something to do with it as well, because they're probably looking at this, like this team could very well win a national championship and that has to play into this. By the way, I just checked instead of just uh, guessing. 43 times they used the word scheme in this document in 13 pages. <laughs> 43 times. So the the Big Ten wanted to, I think, leave no doubt that this was something that was uh, not an accidental. You know, every year I publish a thing, as a lot of reporters do. They get the, uh, the self-reported violations that a program does uh, that they send into the NCAA and say, hey – um, you know, we, this, somebody bought this kid a Mountain Dew and he wasn't supposed to, sorry about that. They didn't know it was a mistake. Um, uh, we had, we used a poster that was, uh, nine by 15 instead of eight by 14. What, you know, we'll, 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 we cut out some phone calls and, and we'll fall, you know, and those things are the accidental things that just happen by, because of the, the nature of the bureaucracy that you're talking about. That's not what the NCA is talking. Like using this the, the word scheme forty three times in thirteen pages tells you exactly what um, the Big Ten is alleging of, of Michigan here. In the short term, like we said, Michigan is already in route to its game at Penn State, number three in the playoff uh, rankings versus number ten in the playoff rankings on Saturday. Huge, 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 massive game. Right as of right now unless Michigan gets this court order, and by the way, it's Veterans Day, and Michigan definitely insinuated in its response that the Big Ten like waited until Veterans Day to do this, so it would be harder to have a, a legal response, although the Big Ten also points out that over the course of this week, Michigan asked for a extension of the process, and that's why it pushed into Friday. So, you know, he said, she said. If if Do you think that the absence of Jim Harbaugh could be a bigger affect Saturday at Penn State than it would be at home against Ohio State on November 25th? I think so. I think it matters more this weekend as I mean, and again, we are recording this um, Friday, uh, Friday evening. Happy, happy hour, everybody. Hope you all are enjoying your Friday evenings. Um, I, I think it matters more here because any kind of semantics, any kind of, you know, processing any kind of just how the whole thing is going to operate, how the uh, the operations of everything. I think that that changes like you're this game is kicking off as we record this. And as the news broke in like 20, like 21 hours from the news breaking ish, give or take that that's a quick turnaround. Right. So I think that it matters more for the Penn state game because you can figure, because again, it's important to restate. He can coach during the week. He can coach Sunday through Friday. It's the Saturday stuff that he cannot be on the sideline for. So 
I think that it matters more in the short term because you have to come up with a plan now. You have to whatever, you know, whatever kind of role Harbaugh has on the sideline, you have to figure that out. You I mean, this is obviously a distraction for every single one of the players. This is a distraction for who talks to the refs now, right? Like who who is the guy who when the referee comes over to explain a penalty to him or to explain anything to him? He ha- who has to like who has to take that information, and it's just I, I think that as you get more and more into this, you can start to figure out a plan, and you can start to figure out things during the week. But this happens so quickly before the Penn State game that I think that it impacts that game a heck of a lot more than it would impact the Ohio State game in terms of that, like in terms of the operations, in terms of how things are going to run, because you have to worry about all of who calls time. Like you know, there's two minute, two minute drill. End of the first half. Who calls timeouts? Like who 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 makes that decision? Is because it's not Jim. Who who's making those decisions? So the semantics of all of this, like there are just little things that you don't think about. Who gives the pregame speech? Who leads the team off the bus? Like there there's all of these like minimal 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 things that you don't think about on a day to day basis because they're just common practice. But I guess theoretically, Michigan has if there was a team. Michigan has had some practice with this. Yeah, Michigan say, has yeah. had some ability to to play without their head coach before. So maybe you just rely on that. But I think this happening so close, the distraction of everything, I think this impacts the Penn State game way more than it would impact the Ohio State game. I think it I definitely think it it maybe affects it more that you have to scramble a little bit. Two things that probably mitigate that though. One, you already mentioned Jim Harbaugh served a three game suspension to start this season for a different NCAA investigation. So that gave them some experience with this. They've already done everything you're talking about, all of those things with with someone else. And not only that, they're not stupid. Uh, I mean, this was stupid, but they're not stupid. <laughs> and they probably had a contingency plan in place for this. Like it was not it, it, it was not unexpected that he that the Big Ten might suspend him for this game. So maybe that will help them figure out how to get through the game on Saturday. And I also think that there's another aspect here. If he is suspended, if all these games hold up, but if if he is suspended for the Ohio State game, for the game, like there's a part of me, like, again, he doesn't call plays. You get to be part of the game planning all week, the organization all week all of those things all week. And it says he can't be present on the sidelines on game days. I, I need to double check. I want to make sure that he can't like, can he still be in the stadium on, on game days? Can he still like be um, in the locker room, like giving a pregame speech? I can't remember if it, from what I read. Yeah. I, I mean, is this just one of those like Hugh freeze things where he like coaches from the press box in the hospital? Like, what is he allowed to do? Is he, al- I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know if he's allowed to, to, you know, to talk on the phone or if he just, why? I, I don't know. Um, that's something that, um, that's something that I'm curious about too. Cause yeah, again, I think just- you're right. He's not Ryan day calling plays. Like th- this is something that you can handle. This is something that you can manage. So I, yeah, I'm curious just to see has operationally to, how this works. It just says Michigan has to compete without its head coach, which to me 
almost means like, you know, you get ejected and you have to go to the clubhouse if you're a manager in a baseball game or whatever. But we'll, we'll see if there's more clarity about that. But I, I just it, it, it now almost gets to be a rallying cry for Michigan. Um, and I that was as I was sort of conversing with people, our, our tech subscribers today, that was sort of one of the points I was trying to get across to people was there's a version of this where Michigan takes this hit. And yes, Harbaugh as the and the way that they 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 described it in here was as you pointed out, like you know, not passing this punishment on to student athletes, but also kind of you know hitting the head coach because of what he represents. But because of what he represents, now this gets to be a thing that kind of the team rallies around. I just that's that is on the table for like the responses that Michigan will have internally to this, that the players, this kind of can galvanize a team a little bit. If they feel they're already doing their t-shirts now, Michigan against the world or whatever, which, um, or maybe they're, I can't remember exactly how Michigan versus everybody. I think it was. Michigan versus everybody. Yeah. So something along those lines. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Oh, I, I asked our tech subscribers. We got a nice round number here. I'm going to go with these. Go with these numbers. I asked two questions. What do you think of the Big Ten's punishment against Michigan for illegal scouting? And that was that Jim Hart can't be on the sideline for the three regular season games, but can coach during the week. Uh, what do you think? One here were the here were the uh, options. Uh, that's a hard punishment. Depriving a team of its head coach for two of the biggest games of the season is huge. That's a light punishment. Harbaugh doesn't call plays and it doesn't do anything about the games Michigan already played. Or it's an appropriate punishment. The Big Ten hit Michigan as hard as it could with the evidence it has so far. What do you think won from those three? And remember, this is a uh, this is not the public at large. This is our yeah. uh, our loyal text <laughs> um, subscribers who are even more loyal to Ohio State than they are to us. Uh, I believe that they think that this is a light punishment. 74% said that it is a light punishment. And I kind of agree. um, For the reasons that I've already stated. And it also, because of the legal actions involved here, you wonder, okay, well, you say you want to get it imposed for this season. uh, And I guess this would apply to any, any league, any punishment you tried to apply. It's just that it doesn't do anything to their eligibility. It doesn't do anything to um, to punish them for what the Big Ten is saying happened, which is things that compromise the integrity of the games that were already played. And I guess there's no way to repair that other than to call for forfeits. Um I think to get to that level would have been hard, though. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of caught in between. It still feels light to me. Uh, maybe I'm actually more in the appropriate box because maybe light is all that they could get away. Maybe this is as far as they could go, even if it feels light to me. Um, it's better than a fine. Like, just the idea of just, like, fining them. 
Um, I didn't want them to go after, and, and these are not even, I think, within maybe the realm of the, the sportsmanship policy. Like when you start taking away scholarships and things like that, then you're just hurting people. You're not hurting the institution. You're not hurting millionaire coaches. So it just, it, it does feel light to me that just not having him there on the sideline is a PR punishment. I don't know how much of a strategic like X's and O's actual football punishment it is for a team. And as I said, I think it's something that psychologically can be a, a rallying point for a team as much as a, as something that like knocks it back on its heels. Yeah. The, the way that I think I agree that this is a light punishment is so I don't know. I, I'm I'm caught here because I, I think it was what I expected, and I think this is probably what I would have done. The way that you're right, you're going to start punishing people here if you give them more. And the way that I would get worried about this being a light punishment is if the season ends and Jim waves bye to everybody and goes to the NFL, and all of the staff kind of flees and everybody bails. And then you've got this insane sign stealing scandal that you've got to you have to punish them for that you're go- it sounds like there's going to be more right like I think I would be surprised if there's not more coming down the pipe and if there's more coming down the pipe I want to see what that is but what happens if that doesn't happen until the 2024 season then you're punishing a bunch of people who weren't there yeah. right like then you're punishing yeah. a bunch of people and that and that's the other thing too with this. Like, I understand that I I read this at the top of the pod that the Big Ten does not have firm information that Jim Harbaugh knew, that Jim Harbaugh was aware of this. They don't have that written. They don't have that. We got him. Ladies and gentlemen, it's written in stone. We have him. They don't have that yet. But the other thing, too, is that you suspend Harbaugh, but then are his coordinators any less clean quote-unquote well, yeah like are other coaches Who's, any less clean yeah. in this i mean connor stallings is standing on the sidelines next to coordinators next to other assistants in, in multiple photos and videos that are out there right like it's it it you you can't assert that he wasn't intimately involved with things that were going on in games he wasn't just a recruiting staffer like he was he he was on the sidelines for this job and whether anybody at michigan on the executive parts of this staff knew how he was getting his information illegally obtained information was being used to affect the results of games directly into the coordinator's ears. And so that was something that I was, I was open to that would they, would the big 10 go that far and make the coordinator sit down for three weeks as well. And like, then you're really kind of sending a, a staff into disarray a little bit. Like it's one thing to say, okay, well uh, the coordinator's jobs don't change. And the tight ends coach, you're the head coach. You do the head coach responsibilities, whatever that is for uh, the pageantry of that sometimes for a given weekend. And you've already got other coaches who who you can spread other things out to. Like if you if you make the coordinator sit down and you make a team on short notice, especially, although I don't know that that was the Big Ten's goal here, but it, it just would have happened in this case, um, making a team like have to adjust to who's going to call plays on a given Saturday. And especially because of the nature of the violation, wouldn't that have been appropriate to like make, you have to go feel what all these other teams feel now. 
you have to go, you know, the, the Big Ten is saying here that it has, like, it, it states it in multiple places. Like, this is a thing that happened. This is not, we're not just guessing. We're not grasping at straws. We believe this happened. So because of, because, wouldn't you, and because it's saying also that it knows that this is still an ongoing problem for other teams in the conference, that they're either by practice, by by the paranoia involved, it's affecting teams. So wouldn't have making the coordinators sit down actually have been more appropriate because you're going to make Michigan feel a little bit of what all of these teams have felt this season or um, or at least compromise your ability to have a smooth operation the way that you were doing to those teams by using that illegal information. Uh, I'm talking myself into that, that it yeah, should have involved, you should have made the coordinators sit down. I don't hate that. I do not hate that. Um, and so this, all this gets us to is, and maybe we we've buried the lead here, but again, the Jim Harbaugh won't be coaching in the game. And obviously there's a, there's no love lost here between Harbaugh and Ryan day. Uh, there's been a a bit of a feud, you would say, brewing here, and there's been things said behind the scenes. There's been things said out in public. Obviously, the uh, some people think some people uh, stand on third base and think they hit a triple and they didn't. Um, that Harbaugh said after beating Ohio State in the 2021 game, and I asked earlier today on on our texters like. As an Ohio State fan, do you really want Harbaugh to be suspended for the game? Because if so, it deprives you of the ultimate satisfaction if you win the game, which is he has to walk to midfield and he has to shake Ryan Day's hand in whatever sort of flyby that they do there. If you saw what Ryan Walters from Purdue did to Harbaugh after last week's game, like you have to go stand there, shake his hand, and get his, you know, he'll have his say as they're passing in the night there, or the afternoon, I should say, in Ann Arbor. You don't get that now. And then then now add in the other thing about, you know, Michigan fans can now say, uh, well, we would have beat you if you hadn't, if all this stuff hadn't happened, if we'd had our coach, all that stuff. Like, I don't think that's a reason not to punish a team necessarily, but as a fan, and you're you're looking for like the biggest emotional hit, the biggest emotional um, turn here. I think I would want him on the sideline. So the thing, the like one of the first things that I thought of when this whole thing came out was, okay, how does this impact Ryan Day? Because you can't forget that you can't forget that like he did like he won in 2019 and not only did they win they beat them 56 to 27 they beat the crap out of them like Dwayne has or Justin Fields uh threw for 300 yards on 14 completions and JK Dobbins had 200 yards rushing like that was a domination of Michigan in 2019 and Ryan Day deserves credit for that but you are also now in a situation where I like, I wonder what this does. And I'm still working through this. If you couldn't tell, I'm still thinking this is still, we new. All are. Yeah. but like, yeah. I, I don't know what this does to my opinion of Ryan day winning and or losing that game. Because if, if, if Ohio state beats Michigan, I think it depends on how it happens. And there's a couple other factors here, but like if Ohio state beats Michigan without Harbaugh, 
is there that argument of, well, Michigan didn't have their head coach and Harbaugh still owns Ryan Day? Like, is I, I, whether or not you believe that that's true, I don't know. But is there that? I don't know. If Michigan beats Ohio State, does the, this might look worse on Ryan Day because then the do you believe that 2021 and 2022 should still count the same? And do you say now it's three in a row, including one of the games where Michigan didn't have their head coach? I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question, but I think this does throw a little bit more cloudiness onto the way that we're going to think and talk about Ryan Day after November 25th because – after November 25th, he will either have slayed the dragon and beaten Michigan and they got through they got through the the last 2 years and they they fixed what happened in the last couple of years and there would be that little voice I don't think Ohio State fans would care too much but there would be that little voice like didn't beat Harbaugh Harbaugh wasn't on the sideline for it Harbaugh wasn't there for it I I think the coaching during the week thing would probably make me not believe that but it it would still be there and now if Ohio State loses to Michigan again, is it can you say that the this one was a one off and the previous two years were flukes and that, you know, Michigan knew everything? I, I don't know. I don't know how I would look at this. And I think a lot of it's going to depend on how this game plays out. But this, I think, impacts Ryan Day's kind of legacy and what Ryan Day is viewed as both in the Ohio State kind of world and in the national landscape of college football, I think this has a pretty big impact on, I think, the way people are going to look at him. Maybe. I think if he wins, it, I don't know. He they, Honestly, he still just has to win this game. Like, Of course. <laughs> that of hasn't course. changed. That's the one thing. Like Through all of this, Ohio State just has to figure out a way to win this game. And our, our coverage of this team all season has been trying to analyze improvements and and deficiencies and everything else on the course of this 12 game drive towards Ann Arbor. So it's it's tough because at the same time, you know, I was the one who kind of put it out there like do you really want him suspended because it deprives you of that, you know, all this stuff. And we got some good responses to the contrary. We got some good responses are like absolutely. And some of it Again, is because, and I think they misunderstood what I was saying. I wasn't saying that Michigan, you don't want Michigan punished at all, because if you do something wrong, you should get punished for it. And it happened to Ohio State with Tattoo Gate, and it happened in other realms with Ohio State, and it took its punishment. It got its punishment. So Michigan should get punished. I was just saying that with this timeline, with what we know so far, just putting it out there that they're there was another way to look at it as far as with, with Harbaugh getting suspended for the game. Um, and one of the, one of the responses that really jumped out to me was that the game is sacred. And by doing this, Michigan infringed on the sanctity of the game. Sure. So by therefore, since he's the head coach, he takes responsibility for that. And he can't be at the game. And I think that's a really good response. That's a very yeah. um, succinct, and um, smart response. And I still think, I, I think that that has maybe changed the way I look at this. I think that response kind of made me say, you know what? There's got to be a punishment. You can't worry about the cosmetic stuff. You can't really worry about the optics of it. You have to punish things uh, in black and white as much as you can and not worry about what 
goofballs like us are going to say on our podcasts about the, whether Ryan Day truly did slay the dragon or not. I think it's more important that uh, that that misdeeds are punished and that um, Michigan take its punishment or get its punishment. And Ohio State just has to move forward and win the game no matter who's coaching it or who's playing in that game. So I thought of it. You mentioned goofballs on a podcast. Well, I, I'm going to give a goofball comment here. I thought of it. Ryan Day, they're going to Ohio State, if they win, Ryan Day get to the TV, the, the on-field TV interview and say, I'd like to know where Jim Harbaugh <laughs> is right now and, and just do that whole bit over again, but replace Jim Harbaugh with, <laughs> with Lou Holtz. That's it. That's how it, that's how this ends. That's how, like, if, if you were to create this, like, if, if someone were to write a book about this Ohio State season, that's like the end of the chapter or the prologue even. The last line in the prologue, I'd like to know where Jim Harbaugh is right now. That would be the funniest possible thing that he could say. Okay, so now if Ohio State wins, I hope I hope Ryan Day does that immediately. So I asked our texters, um, as an Ohio State fan, do you want Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh suspended for the game? What do you think? It's just a yes or no. What do you think won? Do they want Jim Harbaugh suspended? Yes. Is that- and I asked this after the punishment came out. I had asked it earlier in the day just as a – I didn't take the poll, though. This was a poll that I sent out after the punishment had come out. See, this is hard because I we already know that they think that the punishment was too light. But I also think that I, – I, I'm going to say yes, they wanted Jim Harbaugh suspended – but it's not going to be as as high of a percentage as it was the first time. I think it was at like 74, you said. So I bet you this yeah. one's closer to 50-50. 60-40, but the 60% okay. was no. Oh, They didn't want Jim Harbaugh suspended for the game. And maybe the thought that I had thrown out there earlier in the day influenced that. I don't know. But I, there was definitely, I got responses from a number of texters who kind of agreed with that idea that, that, you're letting Harbaugh off the hook if he doesn't have to make that walk. But there's plenty of other people who said, well, I don't know if we're going to win that game. So uh, it doesn't, it, then it becomes a thing where like, if, if, if you, it, now if that game concludes and Michigan wins, now it's Ryan Day that has to walk across the field and Jim Harbaugh gets to be shown on some closed circuit TV somewhere celebrating or whatever, or meeting up with his team later that later that night. Um, again, though, I don't think we can get too wrapped up in making decisions. And certainly the Big Ten, I don't think, could get too wrapped up in making decisions. The Big Ten doesn't care about any of the stuff we were just talking about. The optics of that, right? Like the optics of Ryan Day and the optics of, of legacies and the optics of those things. I think it's more beyond what they said, which is that Jim Harbaugh represents the football program and the university. The football program did something wrong. The head coach takes the punishment. So, um. I think that probably covers it for today. That's all we know as of a quarter till six on Friday night. Again, it, Michigan is seeking a court order. So tomorrow's suspension uh, for the Penn State game could be uh, stayed by the time we are. You hear this? Um, maybe it would. Maybe all three of them would be uh, interrupted. The, the imposition of any of the uh, suspensions would be interrupted, but. That's uh, wanted to give you just kind of our quick gut reaction to this news coming out, tell you as much as we could about the details, but then also talk about the Ohio State impact of it, which is that 
Michigan won't have its head coach for the game. And it's it's a little bit too bad. I, I This has been sort of an interesting sideshow to follow. But this was going to be a, a heck of a game, man. And it was going to be the last version of the game like this, where it was potentially winner-take-all to move on in the postseason, certainly winner-take-all to move on and potentially win a Big Ten championship and and maybe have any chance of winning the national championship. Obviously, last year they both got in. There's no guarantee of that this year. And all of this circus is really depriving the game of being everything it can be, I think. It's it's this sideshow is going to detract from that, and the fact that Harbaugh won't be there. Like, if this were just could be just a normal game where Jim Harbaugh could be there, but I'm not saying I guess he shouldn't be punished. I'm saying I wish that the infraction had never happened in the first place, so that we could just have a normal football game between two really great teams in that 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 wraps up this era of of this rivalry. I guess I'll do it. Yeah, I I agree with you. I, if I could hit you with a retweet on that, I would. I uh, I do like I, I like the way you phrase that. It, it's a re-X now. Re- it's, a eh, it's still a retweet. A reposting, I think, is what it is. <laughs> Repost. Ugh. Correct. Yeah. Um, well, there's plenty of posting and reposting going on tonight. So if people want to go uh, be involved with that, they can. We will obviously be doing another pod uh, Saturday night after Ohio State plays Michigan State. Oh, yeah, Ohio State plays a game on Saturday. Um, it'll just be me and Andrew again. Steven is out of town this weekend for other business, but uh, we will be getting that to you as early as we can, but obviously probably overnight since it's a 7.30 kickoff. So uh, Penn State, Michigan at noon tomorrow, Ohio State, Michigan State at 7.30. We will be texting about all that. So again, 614-350-3315. For Andrew Gillis, I'm Nathan Baird. That was an emergency Buckeye talk. Buckeye talk.